0: Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. We just want you to know that wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, you are loved, and you are accepted. I hope that as you listen to our podcast, you are moved and inspired to grow closer in your faith with God. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the message. I want to welcome my friend. Pastor John Davis, our superintendent for the Wisconsin Northern Michigan District, and his wife Diane, uh, sitting over here. Can we please give them a, r- a round of applause? I, that means that the superintendents in town, and so you got to be on your best behavior, and I got to give my A game this morning. So I'm going to do my best. I'll, I want to encourage you as I get into this message this morning. Uh, please follow along in the sermon notes; you get so much more out of the message. When you follow the sermon notes and then also please note at in your sermon notes on the last page it will be our agenda for the business meeting so i encourage you to to take part in that so i want to welcome all of those who are watching online on the 715 area code, we're glad that you have chosen to join your Sunday morning with us, and I pray that God would speak into your life this morning. I'm going to get moving forward right into our message this morning. We've been on a sermon series called Forward, and in fact, we have just declared that that is going to be our focus for the year 2021, because 2020 was kind of a rough year and and we've just decided you know what now it's time to get moving forward and we get this we get this idea from the apostle paul from the philippians 3:13 through 15 from the english standard version and and we know if you know anything about church history you know paul had quite a past all right he had a past that i, I know he was very much ashamed of but god got a hold of his life when he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, there was a transformation that took place. But Paul, even, even with that transformation, he knew he needed to do something with his past because you can get stuck in your past. And he said this, he, and I don't know what made him do this, but he said, there's just one thing I do. And for some of you, this is maybe the one thing you need to do for 2021. He says, I forget what lies behind and straining forward. Everybody say Forward. I'm moving forward to what lies ahead. I don't live in my past any longer. All those things that have happened in the past, they're gone. I don't live in that area code anymore. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know what he just said there? He says, I know God has a plan and a purpose for my life. And I'm not going to be stuck in Stuckville any longer. I'm going to move forward to what God has in store for my life so this word forward it really means i'm moving out of one location and i'm moving into a direction i haven't been before i'm moving forward i'm moving to where god wants for me and i I just love paul's attitude i think if paul was here today and he was to get up here and speak on this subject i think he would say he says you know what i just determined i'm not going to stay stuck in my past I'm not going to stay stuck in my shame. I'm not going to let my shame haunt me anymore when I know that I have been forgiven. I'm not going to live with regrets. I'm not going to live in unforgiveness anymore. Instead, I'm moving forward because I know God has a plan and purpose for my life. And here's the problem. Here's the deal. Three things that we need to move forward from. Some of you are here today, and you're like, okay, I'm jiving with you, Pastor. I'm with you. And there's three things, for me, and maybe for some of you it's just one of these things, but for some of you, you're here today, you need to move forward from the pain of your past. And whatever happened to you, I get it, I understand, and it it's hard, and sometimes it is a process, and sometimes it, it takes a long time, but you need to start moving forward from the pain of your past. Some of you, you need to move forward from the regrets That you've made. Some of you are here today, and you made some decisions, some choices, and you think about them today, and you just, oh, you cringe, and you rub your forehead. Oh, what was I thinking? And you're just living in that shame and that guilt, and you need to be, you need to move forward from that. Some of you are here today, and you need to move forward from your unforgiveness. Maybe the person that you need to forgive most today is yourself. Maybe there's somebody still in your life that still you think of them and you get triggered and you get frustrated and you know there's unforgiveness in your life. And you need to work through that process of forgiveness. It's all about moving forward. And so we have decided in 2021 for Thrive Church, we are moving forward. Are you with me this morning? Who's moving forward with me this morning? We are moving forward. Forward. And so we've been talking about the life of Moses and, and his whole story is a forward movement and then running into another situation and a faith battle here and a challenge there, but continuously moving towards what God has called him to be. And so we've been going through his story a little bit. And last time we talked about how God led them up to the Red Sea and, and, and then, all we, then we know that Pharaoh changes his mind and sends his chariots to go back after his slave labor that he just let go of. And here these Israelites are looking in front of them. The chariots are coming their way, looking behind them, and then there's the Red Sea. Now what are we going to do? And last week we talked about moving forward in faith. And we know that God parted the Red Sea. And then he said, okay, Israelites, move forward move. And we know that they've moved forward onto this dry ground. And as all of them went through and all of them are across the Red Sea, then God lets the chariots go through. And the, and the Red Sea falls on them and God delivers them. But that miracle would have never happened. They, were, they probably would have moved right back into their slavery had they not moved forward. It's so interesting how we read these forward stories and how God leads them into another challenge. We're going to read about that challenge today, Exodus 17, 18 through 13, moving them along in this story. It says, While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses and Aaron Aaron and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. And as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. So, what this story demonstrates is the power of doing faith together. Last week we talked about moving forward in our faith, but this story tells us that as we do faith, we live out our faith, there is power in doing it together. In Ecclesiastes 4 9 through 12, it, it is known to, have, Ecclesiastics, the book is known to have been written by King Solomon, the wisest man who's ever lived. That's what the Bible proclaims. And he writes in his book of wisdom, and he just writes out some obvious realities, obvious realities. And he says here, he says, here's an obvious reality. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Obvious realities. Obvious realities. All of us, were Obvious. Two is greater than one. Oh, hey, here's a crazy idea. What about three? Three is better than two. It's bigger, better than one. It is stronger. Again, these are obvious statements. Then we just say, yeah, obviously, that that just makes sense. The math adds up. But so many people still choose to do their faith, and they choose to do it alone. And that's why, as pastor, I will continually pound the pulpit and say, listen, we grow stronger in our faith when we grow together. And I will pound the pulpit and say, listen to me, church, if you want to grow in your faith, get into a life group. Get into a life group. Because in life groups, that's where we begin to grow in our faith. We grow strong. We hear from each other. How have you grown? What has happened in your life? What has happened in your life? How has God worked in your life? And and we just, there's so much that we retain from that. We get into God's word. We grow in God's word. And then we lift each each other up and we pray. I I just want to encourage you, church, that you see that grow sign over there? Love, grow, serve. There's, There's pamphlets over there. Those represent life groups. It's not too late for you to get into a life group. You're going to continually hear this from me as your pastor. So, the story that we just talked about. Three ways to move forward together. First of all, I think it's important as we as a church that we recognize that we are together on a mission. Nothing moves us quite like a mission. We know that there are two football teams. One of them should be ours. But there's two, I'm sorry, you need to move forward. (laughs) We need to move forward. There's two teams right now who are preparing. They have been preparing not just this week. They've been preparing all of their lives. It's been their mission all of their lives to not only get to the Super Bowl, but to win the Super Bowl. They're on a mission. How many of you know that feeling when you're on a mission? You just, there's just a little bit more pep in your step, a little bit more drive in in what you're doing. Well, we know here that that God has called us to a mission. In this story, there is a mission. The mission is for Joshua and Moses and for the, the Israelite army to defeat the uncoming Amalek armies. That is their mission. Do you know this morning, listen to me, if you are a follower of Christ, do you know that you are called on a mission? And if you know that, are you, are you living out? Have you accepted that mission? And it is a mission, we are called to join with Christ Jesus on the mission of life change. What does life change mean? I throw that, that phrase out a lot, but here's what it means. It is what I would call, the Bible talks about spiritual transformation. Spiritual, I'm throwing out some big words here. But this is what happens to us. We begin to change when we enter into relationship with God Something begins to take place within us. It's a transformation. Here's usually how it happens. Here's how it's happened with me. I discovered in my past that there was something missing in my life. I discovered I, that I, was, I, I could have all the things that I wanted. I could have success, and I could have all the things that, that the world says bring you happiness, but that I was still empty and one day, I realized that what I was really need of, what I was created for, was Jesus, a relationship with Jesus Christ. So one day, I made the decision to accept Jesus Christ into my life. And you know, at that moment, the Bible says that I became saved. Now, that's not just a word that Christians come up with. That's, a, that's terminology that Jesus uses. I was saved. And God took His Holy Spirit and He placed His Spirit inside. How many of you are resonating with what I'm talking about this morning? God placed His Spirit inside of you and I became forgiven. I became a child of God and a transformation began to take place inside of me. Well, then I made another decision. I made a decision, I'm not going to let this thing die off. I'm going to daily grow in this relationship, because I know that I was created by God to thrive. Be created by God to thrive and to produce fruit. Well, Jesus tells us this, Matthew 28, 18 through 19. Jesus has just been resurrected from the dead, and he's only with his disciples for just a short time. And what he's doing is he's handing off the baton to them. When he says these words, he says, Jesus came and told his disciples. Let me stop right there. Who are Jesus' disciples? Say that again. Can you just point right now? If you know the answer, can you point at who he's talking about? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. And Jesus said to you, therefore, I want you to go. Everybody say the word go. Go, go. That's, that's movement. Don't take what has happened to you and keep it to yourself. It was never intended for you to keep it for yourself. You are called to go. And what do you do when you go? I want you to make disciples of all nations. So the mission is this. This is our mission if you choose to accept it. All disciples, we are called to go and join with Christ Jesus to create more disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is what I would call a life, fo- a life follower of Christ Jesus. This is somebody who say, listen, I'm not perfect, but I found Jesus, and I'm going to go all in with this and I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to learn from him, and I'm going to grow in him, and I'm going to do life better. I'm going to join with him in his mission. That's what a a disciple is. Last week, we declared our mission statement, our mission statement for Thrive Church. We said this. We've declared that we are going to lead people in the seven one five to become life-giving followers of Christ. That is our mission. If you're you're a Christ follower today and you live in the 715 area code, that is your mission. In other words, that is your purpose. Some of you are here today and you're looking for purpose. What is my purpose in life? That is your purpose, to lead the people in the 715 to become life-giving followers of Christ. To lead people is to do what? John Maxwell says to lead is to give influence. Understand every single person in this room. I don't care if you work in an office all by yourself all day long, you still have influence in people's lives. And you are either leading people closer to God or you're leading far. I I know people who are, they've been in the church for years, but they lead people away from God. Because they do it, they try, to, they try to pound Jesus into them without love. And the Bible says if we do it without love, we're just, a, we're just making a bunch of noise. And so we're called to, give, to bring influence. So hear me on this. Hear, hear me in this, when I say this statement. Our mission, your mission is not to influence people to come to Thrive Church. That's not your mission. That's not your purpose your mission is to influence people to come to Jesus. Can I say that one more time? If you're, if you're here today and you're looking for purpose, you're looking for a mission, your mission is not to lead people to this church. You know, that, that's a nice thing. You're, you're going to discover Jesus here, but your mission, your mission is to lead people to Jesus. And this, those people, every missionary, every missionary is called to a mission field. And we have missionaries from, from, to go to Africa. We have people who go to campuses uh, nearby. We have people who are just called to different locations. And I want you to know, if you, you are called, until God tells you anything different, you are called to the 715 area code. This is your mission field. Your workplace is your mission field. Your neighborhood is your mission field. The people in the 715 is there anybody who lives outside the 715 area code? By the way, I just want to make sure we're covering all the bases here. The 715, that's what God has called Thrive Church. And so we are going to do all that we can to influence the people in the 715 to become because we know it's a process. And to become means that we enter into relationship with people because we love God and we love people. And we're going to understand it just takes time. I'm just going to love on this person. I'm going to love them into the kingdom of God to, so that one day they become a life-giving follower of Christ. Well, we ask the question, what is a life-giving follower of Christ? I refer to the Acts 2 church. The Acts 2 church. I love that story. In Acts chapter 2, the, the, the last chapters talk about the first church that got started. I love the church. And this first church that got started, the first thing it says about this church is that these young Christians, these people who just knew in their faith, they devoted themselves. I love that. They devoted themselves to a mission. They devoted themselves to this this mission that that I called it. And what was their mission? First of all, their mission was to minister to the people's needs, the people that they were friends with and people that they didn't know, people outside of their community. They began to minister to people, and then they became missionaries to their community. And as a result, people came into relationship with Jesus Christ. They weren't inviting them to come to their church. They were inviting them to come to Jesus they became what I call M&M's. How many of you got M&M's this morning? Right, right, hold up your M&M's. How many of you have eaten your M&M's already? You can do that. That's okay. M&M's. Did you know M&M's are the most popular candy in the United States? Did you know that? The most popular candy. There are, based on what I read on the internet, because we know everything on the internet is true, there are, they make over 400 million m ms a day so I don't know how many how many are consumed a day but if you have to make 400 million M&Ms a day you you got a thing going on there there are six primary colors do not ask what they are I don't know and yes it is true I had looked up this information it is true that they will melt in your mouth and not in your hands some of you are testing me on that right now let me see the stains in your hands later we'll talk about it and here's the other truth. This is my reality, okay? I can't just eat one. I, I, I just, I, I got to have a handful. And then every, every Christmas time, we go to Michelle's parents' house and they, my, everybody gives my father-in-law M&Ms and then we consume them for him on his little M&M machine. And I just, I, I go back for another handful. I'll go back, it's terrible, it's contagious. I want you to do something with me. I want you to kind of squint your eyes and I want you to envision something with me. I want you to just kind of envision a church. A church full of devoted M&Ms. People who are saying, I'm devoted to the mission that God has called me to. That this church is not led by a couple of ministers, a youth, we have a youth minister, we have a lead minister, a children's minister. No, 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 no. That, this is different. This church is different because I am a minister. Just envision a church where everybody owns that responsibility, where everybody says, I'm a minister. I'm a minister. I'm, just like that Acts 2 church, I am called to help meet the needs of other people because that's where it starts, right? If we're going to have influence on people's lives, you need to influence, you need to minister to them. And you minister to them, you minister to their needs. And so just envision a church where people said, I am an M&M, a devoted M&M. And I've been created by God to minister to people. God's given me everything that I need to minister to people who are hurting in this world. How many of you know we live in a hurting world? And I've been called to be a missionary. I am a minister, and I am a missionary. I am just, I'm no plain M&M. Man, I'm a peanut all the way. I am an M&M. Because I want you to understand, that may sound as corny as all get out, but understand this is the purpose of the church. This is your purpose today. And I have met Christians who have been Christians for 40-some years, and they still feel unfulfilled. And I think this is the missing link right here. Because they've never stepped out into a ministry. They've never stepped out into the mission field. And just envision with me this the impact of a church. Now, we, 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 we question as many people as we can on our roster, and we said, okay, how many of you, you, you still want to be a member of this church? Excellent, excellent. Okay, great, great, great. So, we had 122 people say, yes, we want to continue to be members of this church. I just want you to envision with me 122 people in this church saying, listen, I understand now. Thank you, Pastor, for the packet of M&M's. And I hope and pray every single time you look at a packet of M&M's in the store, you are reminded of your purpose and your mission in life. I pray every time you see that dish in the workplace of M&M's, you are reminded, oh, oh that's my purpose. But just envision a church of 122 members to say, that's my mission. That's my purpose. And some of you, some of you are asking, "Well, okay, well, how, how, what's the entry level? How do you, how do you start this?" Well, we've been talking about this, and I, I want to continue to beat this drum a little bit. But what if, what if 122 members of this church own the one, the just one challenge? How many of you heard of the just one challenge? The just one challenge is, is if you, you, you one devoted M M&M, and M. You decide in 2021, I don't know if I could reach the entire 715 for Jesus, but I know, I know that I could be focused on just one person coming to Jesus in 2021. I said, I'm just just one. 360-some days a year, I'm just going to focus on just one person. Person in my life. And so, I'm going to ask God, God, lay one person on my heart. Lay one person. And then, and then I'm going to pray for that person once a day. I'm going to not only pray for that person, but I'm going to pray that God would give me opportunities to minister. Always start with ministry. Don't, don't, don't start preaching to people until you first minister to them. But pray for opportunities. And then when God gives you that opportunity, minister and minister with love. And then begin to pray for an opportunity to share God's love with that person. And and please remember, you cannot save anybody. You don't save anybody. That's the Holy Spirit's work. But He's called us to be devoted M&Ms. He's called you to be a minister. He's called you to be a missionary. And so then you just connect with Him. Again, just imagine, imagine the impact of 122 members, the impact that would have on a community. I'm just throwing it out there. Quickly here, three powerful ways to move forward together, together on mission and together as a team. Each person had a role in the mission of that story. Moses was the leader. Joshua was kind of the the troop mover. We had Aaron and her. They were the ones who are holding up the hands of their leader. Oh, by the way, can I ask you a question? Whose hands are you holding up? Moses couldn't. Have, he couldn't have done that alone. You need to hold up the hands of your leaders, your spiritual leaders. Just not this one just yet. <laughs> you need to hold up the hands of your leaders. You need to pray for them. And then, and then you had the troops, you had the people who went out and they fought, and they, did, they fought the battle. And that's the way Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. The Apostle Paul gives us an illustration of how the church is supposed to function together. He says this. He says, all of you together. Everybody say together. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. How many of you feel that conviction? How many of you feel like Paul's talking to you right now, okay? He makes it very clear. Did you hear that? He says, all of you, every one of us here today, we are called to work together. And he gives the description as a body. And we know this, that when all of the parts are working together as they're supposed to, life is good, right? But how many of you have ever had an emergency situation where one part no longer wants to work with the rest of the body? You know what that's called? It's called pain. (laughs) It is called problem. It's problematic. And so we know this, that a body, it has all these different parts, but all these different parts with different designs and different functions were created to work together. And we saw a beautiful demonstration this morning of what we have the keyboards, we have the guitar, bass guitar, the drums, all these, all these parts working together. And it would have been very frustrating for us had one of these instrumentalists or singers started to go off on their own tune. It would have been frustrating, right? It would have been irritating. But they began to work together. And oh, by the way, uh, Luke Kasten is Luke here. Uh, How many of you, Luke was our guitar player and he's been leading us in guitar here for a past few weeks and leading us in worship. And Luke, man, he doesn't listen to me. He's going to be moving to Arizona. But can we just give a shout out to Luke for leading us in these past few weeks? Luke, I appreciate you, man. You did a great job. But listen to me, each of these parts has a purpose. Each of these parts is important. Each part Contributes to the mission, and whatever it is that God has put in your hands, isn't it interesting that that's the illustration that we hear so many times about Moses that God used the staff in his hand. Each of the things that God has put in your hands, it has a purpose. It is important, and it contributes to this mission. Let me let me tell you how this worked. So, I think we've shared with you a couple times how Michelle and I took a. A, a time off of leading a church. We didn't take time off of ministry because when you are devoted to M&M, you don't take, you don't take time off to do that. And so I was not pastoring for a while. We were just kind of, I, I was working as a chaplain for a company and, and, and that was a such a great opportunity. But we decided we we're going to go to a church and we decided that we are M&Ms. I mean, you don't, you don't retire from that. And we decided that the, the, we're gonna, we don't know where to begin, so we're going to go entry level, and we're gonna, just going to serve. And so we signed up for the church. We went through their, their, their training program, their growth track, and, the, and then we got on the team. And our job was to stand outside in the cold at the front door and give people high fives. How many of you think we should start doing that at Thrive Church? Let's start giving high fives to people as they come in the door. And that was it. But this church, though, this church was going gangbusters. People were getting saved left and right, and we knew, we knew just by greeting people with a smile, being sincere, giving high fives, that that was contributing to the time in the service where they were going to commit their lives to Jesus. We were contributing to that. Man, it felt good. We were on a team. And so I want to tell you that whatever it is, if it's just you high-fiving people coming into the church your part matters. There's four qualities of a great team. First of all, there's gifting awareness. Gifting awareness is when you know what your gift is. You know the giftings. God has called you. Remember? Remember that part that we talked about this the other week. What is it that God has placed in your hand? And God has called for you to lay it down and to use it for His kingdom and His glory in this mission. So there's gifting awareness. What is it God's put in your hands? Second of all, there's individual devotion. Saying, listen, I'm all in with this, this mission. And then I'm unified. I'm not going to work against other people. In fact, I'm going to be a part of this teamwork. Teamwork is where each person contributes their giftings. They work together for the same mission. But you know what you need for that? For teamwork to happen? This is why we go back to some of the things I said earlier. You have to trust If you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship. You don't have trust, you don't move forward. And last of all, three powerful ways to move forward together, together on mission, together as a team, and here's, I think is the most important one, is together dependent. Throughout this journey, the Israelites are continuously learning that they need to put their dependence on God. If they're going to move forward in a mission they have to depend on God. And so here's the battle plan. The battle plan is this, as long as Moses could keep that staff up in the air, victory was at hand. But then when he became tired, see, when we, when we depend on ourselves, we become tired and we can't do it on our own, what happened? The battle, they begin to lose the battle. They and so they needed to depend on God. We need to get his hand up so we have the hand of God working on this mission. And that's what he did. I'm telling you, my dad, my dad was a stickler with some Scripture verses. And my dad would tell me, he would often tell me in Psalm 127:1, unless the Lord builds a house... The work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries, it will do no good. And then my dad would tell me, Zechariah 4, 6, he says, it's not by might, it's not, not by power, not by Pastor Sheldon's phenomenal preaching, not by this incredible worship team, not by the great ministries that we have in this church. It's not this, this great building that we have. It's not your finances. It's not your checkbook. It's not your great looks, your great personality. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And Jesus tells us without him, without him leading the way, we can do nothing. And So, so when I got here, I, I, I wrote out these ten values I wanted our staff to have. And we passed them on to our team leaders now. And the first value that we've said, that we declared is, the first value is that we are going to be Spirit-led. We're going to be Spirit-led. What does it mean to be Spirit-led? Quickly here. To be Spirit-led is, number one, to surrender to the fact that you need God. And you cannot do anything of value in life without God. It's a complete dependence on God. If you're going to be spirit led, it starts with that surrender to the fact. And then, second of all, if you are going to be spirit led, how can you be spirit led if you are not spirit listening? And so, it calls for us to have a daily listening time where we are listening to the voice of God, listening to instructions, listening for direction. And then then last of all, if you're going to be spirit-led, there's this word called, and it's a hard word. A lot of people don't like to hear this word, okay? But I don't want to throw it out there. Just write it down. If you don't want to hear it, just ignore it. It's called obedience, That's when we begin. So when we put ourselves in position for God to speak, He's going to start giving you direction. He's going to start putting names on your heart. He's going to give you ministry opportunities. He's going to tell you now. Go talk to Him now. But if you don't don't follow up on the obedience part, you miss out on God's plan and purpose. Obedience is when we begin to do what we know God is telling us to be true, even when it doesn't make sense. So last year, uh, at about this time, Michelle and I were in this place, we, just, we sensed something happening to us. God was beginning to speak to us. And there was a part of us, no, I don't want to go back to pastoring the church, oh, the pain, oh, the, oh, the, I don't want to do that again. But God was speaking. And then we... We, we, we knew that we needed to surrender. Okay, God, your will, not our will, be done. We started talking to this church in Wausau, Wisconsin. Started talking to this committee. And then, and then you got committee members like Heidi Craig, who periodically sends you a text that says, hey, pastor, we walk by faith, not by sight. <laughs> well played, Heidi, well played. <laughs> we needed to start listening to God. God, is that, your, is that what you're telling us? And We just, Lord, give us direction. Lead us. And then we, we came for an interview, and we just, we feel like this is the obedient thing to do. And so we're going to do it. Even if we don't have all the answers, all the questions, we can't do all this ourselves, we're going to trust God. We're going to trust God. Three powerful ways to move forward together. Together on mission, together as a team, Together dependent and look at the results. Verse 13, it said, As a result, everybody say, As a result, as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And I just envision a church like Thrive Church saying, You know what? We're going to move forward and we're going to move forward together on a mission. We're going to move forward together. As a team, because each part is important. But most importantly, we are going to move forward together with complete dependence on God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I know it. I know it. I know I've been looking for purpose, and I've been wanting to see God's potential in my life, and I know this is it. I want to be a devoted m M&M. and I'm going to join the M&M team, if you will. Will you just raise your hand? I know this is my purpose. I know this is my plan. I'm joining with God. Lord, all around this room, I pray, people who have their hands raised and say, listen, I, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to start with just one person. God, I pray that you would just begin to, to lay people's names on people's hearts, Father, And I pray that you would give us ministry opportunities and then you would give us the courage to move forward. You would give us the words to speak and the heart to speak it. I pray in the name of Jesus for this mission of life change here in the 715. Life change. In Jesus' name. Everybody say life change. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can resonate with what I was just talking about. You feel empty. You may have it all and still feel so empty inside. You feel like you're lost. You feel like you're spiritually dead. I want you to know Jesus is what you're looking for. And if you're here today and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He's only a prayer way. You just pray along with me and just say, God, I need you. I'm asking you right now to forgive me I've been trying to do this life without you and I can't do it I'm asking you to fill me with your spirit and to renew me I am choosing today to live for you I'm choosing to live the life of change thank you thank you God and today I am saved in Jesus name can we just give God a shout out today for his life change in Jesus name thank you God Thank you, God. I want to encourage you if you're here today and you have prayed that prayer for the first time or if you're watching online, I encourage you to reach out to Thrive Church. We have a book that we want to give for you called The Life Book. And this will help you in your next steps. When you make that decision, you're going to need to keep stepping forward. This book is going to help you with your next steps. Just reach out and, and, and let us know how we can help you or pray with you and encourage you. Amen. Thank you, God. I'm excited for what God has in store for Thrive Church. Thank you so much for checking out the Thrive Church podcast. I hope you were inspired by the message today. If you liked what you heard, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so we can impact more lives. Remember, wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcome, loved, and accepted. Have a wonderful day.